Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast, subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. me today. I am super excited to be talking to this guest. Uh, they are a fellow podcaster, a streamer, uh, a performer for TTRPGs, um, and just a wonderful, wonderful person. So yeah, if you would like to introduce yourself. Uh, hello, I am Dusty. I use they, he pronouns. And yeah, like Navarre said, I streamer, TTRPG performer, podcaster i am game designer (laughs) i am very deep in the ttrpg space i just i do a lot (laughs) yeah (laughs) everybody's mod on their discord i i not everyone's mod i know just like i'm I'm, I'm, like a lot I'm just I'm just around places. I'm just everywhere. Yeah. I love it. No, I mean it's it's true though. You are you are definitely ingrained in the space and I think it's so cool um you know just because I think that there's there's quite a few like of the smaller communities where I see a lot of the same people. There's like, you know, maybe 50 of us where it's like, yeah, we're all in the same six different discords. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's so great that you know, that there's these groups of, of really fantastic people, primarily POC in, in the instances that I'm talking about, who are just like trying to help uplift each other and, and, you know, support each other and, you know, create opportunities for each other and stuff. Yeah, that that's definitely the goal. Because, you know, you if we if we don't support each other, there ain't no one else going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the cold hard truth. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, well, uh, Dusty, where I always like to start is like, how did you get into nerd stuff in general? I, I legit, I think it's like, since I was a small kid, because mm-hmm. my parents were like, they were like, low key about nerdy stuff. Yeah. Like my dad, like all about like comic books and like superhero movies and like Star Trek and Star Wars. 
Mm-hmm. And then my mom was super about like the arcade games. Yeah. Like Miss Pac-Man, Galaga, <laughs> and Tetris. Yeah. Like legit, one of the first games that like game things I played was Tetris at like four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, because I growing up, like I, w- I was also into all that stuff. Like Power Rangers was my absolute jam. Yeah. And yeah. so I remember my mom and I, we were at a small like pawn shop. I remember specifically a pawn shop because I was just like, there was the Megazord action figure with all of them together. And I was like begging my mom to get it. And you're like, no, we're getting a Super Nintendo. I didn't know what that was at the time. Yeah. You're like, I don't want a Super Nintendo. <laughs> but then, yeah, then, like they, my mom brought it home and we were like, we were going back and forth playing Tetris. And like at four years old, I didn't know what the I curse yeah. on this. I could, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I was, <laughs> it, was it was like a four year old playing Tetris. Nothing gets done. Yeah. Um, that was fun, and then yeah. it just kind of snowballed from there. I never like left it. Like growing up, it was a lot of Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh, and again, superhero movies and sci fi books, lots of fantasy, like like fiction, and here I am, still yeah. into that. I have. <laughs> a pokemon display in my living room so nice yeah you know it's funny like Yu-Gi-Oh. i when Yu-Gi-Oh came out i freaking loved it and i and i fully have never seen past the first season and that came out when i was like 13 oh, gosh. and i loved the shit out of it like i remember like gaia was my favorite card yeah and um yeah i just remember like how stupid it was like he's like this great hacker and then he hacks into pegasus and he's like his pastor is just going to be Pegasus because he doesn't think it would get this far. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like, that is so dumb. But yeah, it's still like, I think it's still a show, isn't it? Like it's still. They're, they're like, oh gosh, there's like so many things. Because like, I, I watched, yeah, I, I watched a bit past that because I had cousins that are, well, I have cousins that are around the same age growing up. Mm-hmm. And so like we were super into So we watched the shows. There was like the second season where they're in like a city tournament that Kaiba made. Then there's GX, which is like the next generation. Yeah. <laughs> and now there's like Yu-Gi-Oh! Xyz or something. They're all the protagonists still have the weird hair. Mm-hmm. But like I, I don't know. It's, I haven't I haven't been much. up to date for like a decade. I mean those but the, that, like that's tough. Yeah, it's tough, especially with the um trading card stuff, because that was always something like in order to keep doing it, like you had to keep buying it and we just we could not afford to keep buying yeah. trading card games. So like we would get like a set of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and then that would probably be it until, you know, we just get lost interest in it. And the same thing with like Pokemon and magic. I had magic early on too. And then didn't play it again until I was like 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, the, for me, like Yu-Gi-Oh cards was the thing that it would like be the things I would get for like my birthday mm-hmm. or like, even like Christmas mm-hmm. um, for like a good minute growing up. And then they're like, I convinced my dad once to take me to like one of those pre-release events. Yeah. Um, which I didn't quite know exactly what was going on. So I just, I just remember God, there, there is a local free newspaper called the San Diego reader. Mm-hmm. I was flipping through cause like uh, I was just bored and that's what I would do. And I just saw Yu-Gi-Oh! thing at the san diego like courthouse or something yeah yeah <laughs> and it's like i like i told me that's like 
I don't know what this is, but it's Yu-Gi-Oh. Could you take me? <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome, though. And so, um, did you grow up your whole life in San Diego? More or less, yeah. Um, like different parts of San Diego, but I've been like in this city since basically I was like four, five. Yeah. So basically, my whole life. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, it's uh. From what I understand, I've never been there other than like flying in to literally fly out. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, from what I understand, that's a like a fairly uh, diverse place of of California. Is that correct? It San Diego really is. It's how do I say this? <laughs> I would definitely say it's like a diverse melting pot. Yeah, but some places really like their melting pot just to be the white cheese. Um, yeah <laughs> like i i grew up in um all three. <laughs> yeah all all three uh i grew up in uh very like basically like the hood of san diego yeah. like two different ones because i had to move and it was kind of also like a different area yeah um so it, yeah it was the whole the same thing just it was um, I am Latine, like Mexican. And yeah. so I grew up with a bunch of different, like, you know, Mexican families all around us. I, uh, grew up in like these condos that were affordable housing. Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of, um, just, you know, people of color living there. There yeah. would be like maybe two white families living in this like big, big condo area. Yeah. Uh, so like that, that's just kind of the thing I grew up with. Yeah. Uh, and now, like growing up, and like now that I'm like I moved out of my place, um, I've recently been like apartment hunting, mm-hmm. and I was like looking at the area where I grew up, and like it's all this is like the most diverse part of San Diego. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I I know what I could read between those lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah I've talked about it on the show before, but we have a place here um, that my whole life it's been called the War Zone. Uh, and they try to rebrand it as the international district, uh, which just means there's a lot of people here who aren't white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> one of the areas I grew up with, which is actually like where my mom went to high school. There, It's basically where there's a huge intersection near one of the biggest high schools in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's literally called the Four Corners of Death because... Oof each like the huge intersection each one is like like a different like gang area yeah yeah so you know like when i lived there i didn't really go out much (laughs) (laughs) yeah do you think that that do you think that that like contributed to um nerddom for you like just you know kind of having like safety inside kind of sort of when that like that area specifically that was when i was in middle school Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say I, for me being like super outward and big into nerd stuff yeah. was definitely like a dip in middle school. That was mostly cause like elementary school was fine. Middle school was where like, I was trying to like, I it wasn't really trying. I was just like, I didn't know anyone mm-hmm. to do it. Like I moved neighborhoods and the only people that I was learning with was my cousins yeah uh, and it was like my family was trying to like slowly push me away to open from that yeah so it took that dip um but i still like i read like nonstop, not the mm-hmm. stuff i had to read for school yeah um just like whatever i wanted yeah um and it kind of peaked back up again in high school because i went to a very 
a very I went to a charter school. Okay. So it was very small, very nerdy. It's called fucking <laughs> high tech high. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like straight out of a comic book. Like, it, it really know. was. And so like I heard that I'm like, okay. Um but then that's where like I, you know, I've I had a group of friends. I also like that's when I started getting back into nerdy stuff again. Yeah, that's really cool. So um, you know, in high school, did it pick up? Because I like I'm always curious. We have so many people come into TTRPG performance from so many different avenues. So like for you, was that something that like theater was an interest for you or or did, was it just like playing the games is kind of where it picked up? Um, I mean, honestly, I didn't get into TTRPGs until like I was in, until like I was like 20. Okay. Um, for me, it was like always video games. Yeah. Like, um, like Halo, like, mm-hmm. like Halo, Pokemon, like things are on the Xbox and stuff. I would be on my Xbox like all the time. Yeah. And so like I had a group of friends that were into that and the TCGs. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, as far as that, I was always into just like media in general. Yeah. So like really interested in movie production, TV shows. I think one of the first podcasts I started listening to was the Rooster Teeth podcast. Okay. Um, like towards my back half of high school. Yeah. And so like since then, I was always interested in podcasts. And yeah, and it wasn't until it wasn't until like when I was 23 or 24, I really was like interested in doing podcast mm-hmm. and like, like looking into it. I yeah. don't think I did my first one until 2018. Okay. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. But, and even then that was on the TTRPG podcast. What was that one about? It, it was, it was, a, it's going to be an unnamed Pokemon podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like that, that, that was in the, that was at the point where I was into tabletop games. Cause I had yeah. a group. Yeah. Um, and actually one of my good friends, uh, Trevor Bettis, who does like idol champion stuff, difficulty mm-hmm. class, um, all that stuff. Uh, we listened to a similar podcast and he's like, I heard this thing about anchor. Like someone told me on this different podcast and like, like, you know, fuck it. He, he started by putting AirPods in and <laughs> driving around and answering questions from oh, his way to work about D and D. Wow. And so from there, I was like, well, I know a shit ton of stuff about Pokemon. Let me just open up my shitty laptop, sit in my bathroom, and record. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's, you know, and that's the journey that is to here now. Yeah. So did you, similarly, did you like take questions from people about Pokemon? Or you just kind of just like chose a topic and, and talked about it? I just kind of chose a topic. Like, I, I tried to do questions, but it was a thing where... I was bad at social media um, slash. I just didn't put all the, like the amount of time that you (laughs) need to, to like do accurate branding. Yeah. So I was just doing like, I, gosh, I did segments for like, um, I would like, I had something called, this is game freaks, game freaks, where I'll look at Pokedex entries, a weird Pokemon. (laughs) And so it was like stuff like that. And I got like, I'll be happy with 10 listens. Yeah. But then there was one episode where I think I hit the algorithm at the just right time that got like 500 listens. Oh, wow. And I was like, and like I I showed my my buddy Trevor when we played, uh, because we were in the Pathfinder campaign going on. I was like, dude, look at this. And he's like, what the fuck? 
what the fuck is that? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm getting, I'm getting an actual mic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta keep going with this. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, that was like the peak. And then I kind of was like, okay, so I think I got the right amount of time to SEO correctly. Mm-hmm. It was like a video game review basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's funny. I always see like, you know, anchor Spotify, whatever, like, you know, different um, podcast things would be like, do this to like maximize your thing. And it's always like, find the right age group, find like the right topic. And I'm like, but that, I'm like, I do an interview show. So like literally the topic is, you know, the person um, exactly. <laughs> that, that just never changes for me. But I think it is so cool. Like, it's funny. It's interesting too, of when like those things happen. Uh, I know I had a similar moment where I like, I just hit this crazy spike and I literally messaged anchor support because I didn't believe that it was real. And I was like, okay, I think the like data's messed up. Something happened. And they're like, no, just you have more listeners. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're useless. Thanks for helping. <laughs> you liar. Yeah. You absolute liar in charlatan. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, so was it your, your buddy Trevor that introduced you to TTRPGs as well? Um, so I, I got introduced to the RPGs by basically joining Trevor's group via one of my high school friends. Okay. Um, they were dating one of, one of someone in the same group as Trevor. Okay. And so like my first campaign was with Trevor's, um, girlfriend, now wife and Pathfinder. I think they were doing Rise of the Rune Lords. Nice. Um, we didn't get too far just because, like, one, I didn't have a car at the time. Mm-hmm. I worked full time, and like the hours were weird, so I only made maybe like one out of every three sessions. Yeah. Um, but it that was good, and then from there we took a little bit of break, and then started another campaign. Um, that went on for three years for uh. Is it the rain of winter? Okay. Which, Pathfinder as well. Pathfinder, yeah. Pathfinder yeah. first edition. Um, I played a third party spellcaster for that. Nice. Uh as a healer, because it was like first edition healing was not that good. No, yeah, it's no. not like second edition. <laughs> no, second edition is good. First edition, mm-mm. yeah. Uh, but it was uh it was called like spheres of power. And it's basically it made the magic system to a mana pool. Mm-hmm. And I just went from there, and actually had very good healing. But so by the time we were level sixteen, I could do like a hundred and sixty HP of like healing, which yeah. we needed. Like, right. yeah, <laughs> you needed at that high level. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm listening to uh, the Glass Cannon podcast, and it's it has one episode left. Is their season finale next week? At the time mm-hmm. of this recording. And they are level 16 and every like five episodes or so they like somebody will go on a rant about how they don't have a cleric and they just like fucking need a cleric <laughs> and uh, minor spoilers, I guess uh, for people who are starting. Um, but yeah, it's um, it is, it's like, it's really, really difficult. And that's what I love so much about. Well, I love a lot of things about second edition, first of all, but like you can literally just like, you know, treat wounds and get 2d8 healing uh yeah. which is more than a 50 dollar 
healing potion in D and D, or fifty gold piece. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah, 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 absolutely insane. Um, but it makes sense because it's you know it's it's a tough game and like you have way more crits, um, which can do more damage and mm-hmm. it just yeah the way that the damage uh, scales it's you you need people to be able to heal. Yeah, especially in first edition because. Yeah. Uh, I got really, really uh used to preparing all the healing stuff, and also like, okay, I need to make sure I have enough mana to do like revive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was there was a combat specifically. Um, do you know anything about Reign of Winter? I no, I've never never uh, even heard of that one. So Reign of Winter is absolutely wild. Yeah. Um. It's it's a first it's a first uh, edition adventure path goes through five books, and just at one point you are transported to. I, I'm gonna have minor spoilers here, yeah. and just like the reveal is so well done. If you want to play this, um, like skip ahead like thirty seconds, <laughs> but like legit, you are transported in the third adventure path to fucking World War One Russia. Wow. And that the, our fight in World War One Russia was the first fight at level 13 that we ran away from. Because <laughs> we were getting our asses kicked by fucking Russians. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was wild. The reveal our GM did was so good at the time. Too. Yeah. Like there's like there's these weird metal discs on the ground. It's like, what? And as you get closer, it pops up. And please roll a reflex save. Oh, yeah. you take 80 damage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think, like, I definitely, when I first started playing D&D, like, I was, like, instantly, I'm homebrewing stuff. Um, I just think, like, it really made it easy. And then when I p- first played Pathfinder 2E, our first campaign that we played um, that we're on, like, hiatus on right now, I homebrewed that campaign as well, but still used Galarian setting. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm playing Strength of Thousands uh, as a player. Uh-huh. So good. Um, and yeah, it's, I feel like Pathfinder does a really, like, Paizo does a really good job of creating amazing adventure paths that, like, make you want to play it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yes, you know, a lot of people play D&D Curse of Strahd. Um, and I guess some people play Rhyme of the Frostmaiden too, but like it's not. I don't. I just don't feel like there's that same like people who play Pathfinder all the time. Like, oh shit! Like a new adventure path's coming out. Like, I gotta mm-hmm. get excited there, for that. Oh gosh! Did you see the one that was just announced yesterday? <laughs> yeah, it was like it's like Western. Like, oh my yeah. god! Like, I yeah. I have a one shot character that's perfect for that. I'm just sitting here like, <laughs> do we just do we just play one book? I because I, I want to. I know. I th- I I bet you they'll make a one shot for that setting or for oh, that absolutely because I think they did one for Strength of Thousands as well. Um, yeah. So my buddy Joe in the Makers Misfits podcast, uh, <laughs> he posted yesterday. He's like, "Well, looks like um, we're not playing Extinction Curse anymore. <laughs> Time to make a scene change." Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that actually, um, speaking of Joe, that actually brings me to another point. Like, coming into the games, um, how long do you think it took for you to realize, like, representation was an issue? 
Oh gosh. Okay. This is a whole, this is an origin story for me, actually. Um, so yes. for Pathfinder first edition, um, cause they started with the, the rise of the rune lords. I was like, whatever. And then it was actually while we were setting up for this new, um, campaign, the, the reign of winter. Mm-hmm. And I remember like going through the Pathfinder, like basic, like player's handbook and all the settings and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is like, you know, analogy, like analogous. So like, this is where Africa would be. This is where Asia would be. And I remember going through, it was like, why, why isn't there like a Mexico? Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I literally sat through it. I'm like, there's no Mexico in here. Like, there's nothing like that. So for me, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to make, I'm literally going to be making a Mexican character that's like in Pathfinder and you know they're gonna have a family and like all that stuff and that is basically the origin of what is infamously called the dusty verse um, <laughs> and so that and since then that's been like my goal to like basically in all these fantasy games i play with i make specifically mexican characters and like yeah um and that was even the thing with the rise of the rune lords um for that one like that character's name was Aldwin Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they were based heavily off of the Iron Druid book series. Okay. Which is basically like a modern day, like like Irish, Scottish, Irish. I think the name was O'Hara, which I believe is Irish. Uh, but mm-hmm. Druid, yeah. like yeah. dealing with modern day stuff. And I got mm-hmm. like super into it. But... um. But like since then, that's just like okay, this you know I'm gonna be doing this, mm-hmm. and I've done that like in like while we were playing that we did a short like five E campaign where um, I played like another like um, gnome fighter that was name was like Enchi, and they're like and I was like oh you know what there's gonna be some relation between this. Yeah, and so after we finished the first campaign of Pathfinder, um, our group started Curse of the Crimson Throne in two E. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically like okay, you know this character that's basically been missing from their family for three years. Well, I'm gonna be playing their mom, um, <laughs> who's actually looking for them, but also looking for their daughter that's now in Corvosa. <laughs> um, yeah, and. That that game I didn't go through all the way with just because we started basically at the beginning of pandemic mm-hmm. and the group dynamic online, at least for me, wasn't that great. And also like Curse of the Crimson Throne deals with a plague in the city yeah. and being basically someone who couldn't stop working during all this, it hit kind of hard. Yeah. So I had to step back for like personal reasons. Yeah. But but yeah, so like now, and that's why I have a whole thing like where all my characters are very specifically Mexican. Yeah. Um, I've kind of gone through and with like okay with GMs like in Five E and uh, Pathfinder Sylvan. Um, basically, Spanish is just a dialect of Sylvan. Okay. So all my characters speak Sylvan. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean it, it's it sucks, right? That you have to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's i think it's incredible like that for me um it's just one of those things like i just wish it was already there and it really really 
bothers me. And I'm, I know I'm not the only one as well, but like, that was like a big draw for me. Um, going back to makers misfits was, was just listening to, um, you know, voices of, of, uh, of POCs, you know, playing this game and like not ever hearing that, uh, mm-hmm. before, um, and just how amazing that was. And I think it's, yeah, it's just so important that we have that. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, like also the new newest supplement that's already out, uh, for Pathfinder is the book of the dead. Yeah. And I was going through that and there's so many like good little bits in there. There's actually a Guerrero background, mm-hmm. which is like a Mexican folk healer. Oh, that's and I was so like, good. Oh, that's so good. So yeah. I'm just like, I'm so glad they added that. Especially cause like, how they treated some of the stuff in there and how like Geb looks very much like big, like Day of the Dead by Five yeah. de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm glad they added some things in there. You know, Paizo has its problems, but the freelancers are doing like really good yeah. work. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, you know, it's, I think they've started to see obviously like, I don't know. I know Absalom is like a big city, but I really think <laughs> they could have skipped Absalom after doing the Moenge expanse and just kept doing all these other like Geb. Um, I mean, I like what is it? Avistan is the one that's like kind of the Americas. Um, that's like I, never ever talked about. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's where the new adventure path is being placed. Okay, yeah, so like you know, it would make sense, right, if they introduced more indigenous cultures in that in that setting. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, and I get it too. Like it takes time. There's people got to write shit and you have to edit it and put it out mm-hmm. on a schedule and all that other stuff. But it just, it, it would be nice if it was already here or if we had more representation. So, you know, which kind of brings me to my next point. Like, obviously we love Pathfinder. Um, but like, when was the first game that you played that you felt represented in? Um, that That took a bit, honestly. Um, just because of my home games and like these are people that you know I grew up with like in high school or played yeah. in these games for a bit. Um, I I was the only person of color there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until like I kind of like started going through, um, like the indie game space. Yeah, and like early pandemic, I kind of like was going around like, oh, I you know I during this I've listened to like the Adventure Zone mm-hmm. and like other like actual play podcasts. Like you know I could. I really want to do this. Something I'd be interested in. And like I was already doing podcasts. So I decided why not? Um, and I saw a group looking uh, specifically for like diverse casting. It was like around the time where um, all the protests were happening. Yeah. Actually right around the time the three black halflings started too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, I remember, I remember seeing their, those, them posting like one of their first posts and immediately started listening to their podcast. Yeah. Uh, but so I joined that that group and it's a group that I don't really at like through the course of that, it became very queer, uh, queer, clear. It was a very it's a queer space, which was nice to be in, but it was a very white queer space, yeah. um, which took me a minute to realize, oh, there's a big difference here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but throughout that the game that i really found that i felt like i saw this is just like what i was like made to play is actually pasión de las pasiones yeah which is a game by brandon leon gambetta which is a pbta game uh where you play as a, like a televanilla 
telenovela character yeah. crush. Uh, and just like seeing the writings and seeing like these tropes and like just stuff that you like instantly recognize. I'm like, I need to play this like yesterday. Yeah. And then like it was like three more months. So like she got to like run it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's such yeah. a good game. And then that's where I kind of found um, the groups of people I'm playing again, where I saw like, oh, there's actually people making these queer podcasts. These podcasts were centered around people of color. Like, um, that's how I met Aki and Alyssa, mm-hmm. who I uh, now help me run and co-produce Well Season Stories. Yeah. And I'm also like, I work with them in like so many things. Or we're yeah. all in Goblets and Gays. Yeah. Um, and we have other projects happening. But I was like, oh, Goblets and Gays, Aki's in it. They're, they're, you know, that's good. There's Transplaner started coming out. Mm-hmm. And there's like three back halflings, of course. And like all this stuff is like, okay, this is where like I, want to start creating stuff in yeah yeah that's i mean that is that's pretty wonderful and like you know you talked about like in that first space of like being like yes you're in a queer space but it's also like primarily white i think and for the same thing for me like anytime i've been in a situation where it's like oh this is a space that's like promote promoting diversity but it's led by white people it just it doesn't feel the same as like a poc driven or primarily or all space it's a completely Mm -hmm. different feeling um and i'm glad i mean i'm glad that you know there are people white people out there who want to help and and give whatever they can to diverse spaces but i do think that there is a very different feeling involved in being involved in these in either of those two there definitely definitely is and i think those spaces are good because um you know that's still like where you're gonna promote stuff and where you're gonna do that and like hype each other up but like being in one of those servers and like being like even the three black halfling server yeah like that server like it's huge Mm -hmm. but the vibes are really really good Mm -hmm. people are like have like like i'm a mod there so like i see like all the conversations happening uh and so like there's like legit good conversations happening and people are like you know, there's like it's still like everyone listens to back halfling. It's not just like black people or people of color. So there's still right. like a lot of like, like you know, people that have questions about stuff that they just didn't get because they didn't grow up with these influences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and then like that space, after like after leaving that space, because there was a situation that like made me like I want to leave. We mm-hmm. left that space, left it behind. Um, that's when I created Well Season Stories. Yeah. Which is an all Bimpok podcast. And so the server is all Bimpok, but it's just black, indigenous, mixed people of color. Um, and shortly after, I also was able to join Utopia, which mm-hmm. is also like the same space. And just yeah. like, the, like interacting and being around that space and playing games with like an all POC cast is like, it's just, it's good for the skin. Yes, yeah. it really is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, like discord is another i mean i have a hard time even like social media i'm still an introvert so like even that mm-hmm. sometimes is very very difficult and discord included but um but yeah i mean those two spaces and uh and the transplaner discord um yeah i absolutely love those spaces and sometimes it's just like i just go to just see like just you know pocs and 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 marginalized people just being happy you know what i mean and just like enjoying each other and um and celebrating and like doing cool shit and i think that that's so important for 
for all of us in this space to have that kind of um, that kind of space to to enjoy it and feel safe doing it, um, mm-hmm. and just like yeah, like I said, just the people around us that are kind of like, hey, we're all here to like have a good time. Like we can, you know, we have places where we can vent to each other um, without like fear of of backlash. Um, you know, we can talk about all these different things and it's just, ah, oh, it's so wonderful. But yeah. 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 Um, one of the podcasts I, that I did throughout most of 2020 was, um, called shouting in place mm-hmm. where it was also like an interview podcast. It was basically like a thing where I would talk to people basically say like, Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just like and going through. Everybody starts crying immediately. Oh gosh. <laughs> like, but it was, it was a really interesting podcast to do. And basically I call it shouting in the place. Cause um, like at the end of the, the episode, basically I'll be like, okay, we're going to let off some steam. So go ahead and grab a cup or something. And we're just going to scream really loud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, but on one of those episodes, um, I, uh, met with someone I, um, uh, gosh, Jasmine, I believe. I'm sorry if I'm forgetting the name. It's been a bit, mm-hmm. but we, um, the conversation we had was basically just like uh, curating these spaces, like, and you know that, like, um, she was saying, like, yeah, no, it's really important to actually have this space, especially right now, mm-hmm. where it's very isolating. Everyone's very isolated, yeah, and so not having this correct space to actually like comfortably talk about stuff. Um, it's just bad in general. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I really, that really put myself in perspective and looking through it. Um, and you know, that's kind of been my mythos from then on. It's like, okay, like make a space where people could just be comfortable to like, not only want to be a part of it, but also want to collaborate and create in this space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, it, it's, it's made such a huge impact. And I think too, like as much as the, TTRPG space, you know, on Twitter or whatever, like has grown a lot and there's so many folks out there and so many of them are, are really great and amazing. There's still a lot of really not great people out there, um, that, you know, spaces like that just still aren't safe. Like Twitter still is awful. I say this as a person who's probably going to make a personal Twitter account after this conversation, because I have to. Uh, for the other <laughs> things I'm doing outside of this podcast, and I fucking hate it. Uh, yeah, no, you're, you're valid. <laughs> you're incredibly valid. <laughs> but you know, it's it's one of those things of just like, yeah, we we really do need it. Um, it's so important to have to have the space to breathe and say what we need to say, and to feel safe because so many times in our lives, uh, we just weren't allowed to feel safe for one reason or another, mm-hmm. um, and if you are willing to talk about it, like, you know, what has, um, your queer identity, has it like intersected? When did it intersect, I guess, with, with DTRPGs and like, uh, what was that like for you? If Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it, my queer identity, like I basically came out to myself, not until like I was in my early twenties. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm basically at my late twenties right now. Yeah. Uh but it's something that I was struggling to grow up with, especially like I grew up in um Mexican household where mm-hmm. machismo but uh machismo or mach- uh machoism or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Very important, especially growing up, especially with like, 
you know, um, my, my dad is a Mexican, but he wishes he was, which is a whole other can of beans. <laughs> uh, but and so like that, and so like it's an identity I kind of struggled to grow up with. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's more like I put myself out into those spaces. And it, it wasn't until 2020 when the pandemic was in there, it's like, okay, I'm going to try to breach myself, reach out into these spaces. Because even with my home group, um, home group there were a couple of us who are queer uh like it was me um one of the players and my friend from high school yeah uh but really like it it wasn't like a thing we didn't have like that part where it wasn't as important for our characters Mm -hmm. um to do but now like after that i go into these spaces and then like i started hearing these podcasts like um transplanter and then like goblets and gays like mm-hmm. you know, like i'm not like i'm not a part of the cast but like i started listening to them and it's like oh wow they're like you know they're doing like little short arcs and you know like going on dates and stuff I'm like that sounds fun yeah why, why don't i do that yeah <laughs> um and now it's like i feel it's a like a space i need to be in if it's not queer um are not like like comfortable for queer spaces it's like Mm -hmm. it's iffy yeah um and even like i've been in other games i've had to drop it like i was in another home game with some friends and i was definitely the only queer person there Mm -hmm. and like i literally like i told her jim's like i i'm just gonna step out just because like being the only queer person there was really weird and like i knew they didn't get it like at all because like i i mean i don't i don't see what you mean but like okay yeah oof oof okay um yeah but yeah and going from there and playing in more games that were not only like is my character queer but my character is queer and they're like they're gay with your character like we're like either already established our the goal of this session is that we're going to get them to go on a date or something like that yeah and also just playing more like intimate games um i played uh it was a belonging outside belonging game where you're basically playing as um, teenagers in the last year before they go to college mm-hmm. and kind of like dealing with being queer and having crushes on your friends and all that and going through that experience. And it was like, it was a very soft and tender game, mm-hmm. something that I just didn't really get to experience until I actually got to play in that. Yeah. And now that I'm like in that space, like like Utopia and Will Season Stories, and now like uh I've been working with Aki and Alyssa for like the past basically the past year at this point on doing that. And I realized that not only is it important, but it's a space that I want to be in. Mm-hmm. And having these characters with these different identities is really important for me to tell as a storyteller but also just as for me to play in because that's where i want to be comfortable in yeah yeah i think it's it's really tough anytime any place that you go is like unwilling to accept or just can't wrap their brain around like you wanting to embrace your identity and feel and feel safe and good about it and so yeah i think you know that's like when like i'm just like just you know look, whatever, whatever we are, just fucking be a good person. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it's, it's anytime, like 
I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not okay with marginalized hate against anybody. Right. Like that's just whatever that group is, it's just not okay. And I think it's just important that we, we do create those spaces similarly to like, you know, like you said, like three black halflings, like it's not uh, a queer podcast, but they have people on the show who have been, who are queer, they have, uh, you know, they just, it's, it's about spreading love and just appreciation for who the people are regardless of those things um which yeah that's that's wonderful i mean thank you for sharing i think that's it's super special that uh you know you've been able to kind of create these spaces um and be a part of these spaces now to where it's you know yeah it's super cool yeah no it's it's definitely it's been a whole ass journey Um, (laughs) yeah and like it's i just have made it part of like my online like you know, outward expressions like, yeah, like a lot of my vials is that I'm an incredibly queer Latin mm-hmm. or Latine um, person that does all these nerdy shit and that's just who I am. And so, yeah. And it's something that I, I just strive to make sure those are places are available and go forward. I, I don't know. I'm rambling. I no, I'm very yeah. tired, but <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, yeah. I mean, to a similar point, like I think it's important to, I found that important for myself to be like, look, this is who I am and this is what I believe in. Um, you know, so if you're coming to my page and you think that you're going to find something different, like you're not, this is, this is what I, how I feel. Um, Mm. and it's, it's so, it's so much, it's so much easier for people to, in like a person on person conversation to just perceive you, however they perceive you, because, you know, we all make judgments based on what we're looking at. Right. Um, but I think, I think kind of first impressions via social media, it's always going to come down to like, what is your bio or what's the thing that you're retweeting or, or tweeting yourself or whatever it is, right? Like it's that first impression that people see. And yeah, if you just have, I don't know, like if you have an American flag in your bio, like I'm going to think a certain thing about you. <laughs> You know I, what I mean? Um, I, that, I, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, it's it's yeah. similar to that. Of just like, we we are telling a story every time we put ourselves out there, and that story is perception, and and people take that perception and do what they will with it. So, yeah, I think it's important to kind of just say like, this is who I am. So you can just you know hopefully avoid uh, some of those people who would otherwise come in and be a problem. You can't always do that. But. Yeah. I, you know, I've done a pretty decent job at it, probably because I'm very comfortable and liberal with a block button on yeah, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, I, I'm like, okay, like there is just I, like I red flags all over. <laughs> yeah. Boop, 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 boop. yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> block the shit out of them. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that you and I have been talking about a little bit offline is like, um, the future, if you will, of, of well-seasoned stories. And like, so what are some of the things, cause I know, but you know, for our listeners, like what are some of the things, um, that you, that you want to do with this space? Yeah. So well-seasoned stories, the biggest thing that I've had, um, that I've been doing is it's, um, let's see. It's, a space that I'm trying to cater to, but also like 
I have a full-time job and I'm doing part of like all these other things mm-hmm. and you're everybody's mod <laughs> that, that too. So <laughs> it's not something that is like a constant thing. We don't have an episode every yeah. week. I think last episode we did was like in March mm-hmm. we're building um, like Angela's game basically. And yeah. um, flames in the abyss. Check it out. Yeah, it was great. There's a I had a conversation both about the game and there's like a short gameplay, um, basically an actual play of it there. So that's that's uh, really cool. You should definitely check it out. But the thing for this, there, I have one thing that I'm working on right now, and it's probably way too ambitious for me to go through. But I'm just gonna try to do it anyways. It's called Crisis and in Infinite Color, mm-hmm. uh, which started off as a very like wildly ecstatic conversation. Um, yeah. Utopia is like okay, but what if there was like these games where it's all these small interconnected stories, but they're all connected to one big plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like, and I've been thinking about doing that for years at this point. Yeah. Uh, but now, um, now I'm like, okay, but no, let's do it. And, and like I. Like that day, like I made up a dumb logo. I made up like a very short promo thing with like literally shower thought ideas. Like, okay, it's going to be this. Yeah. Uh, and it's now um, actually as of recording, I we recorded the very first part of it last night. Nice. Um, which I'm very excited about. And I'm working with other people to get um, other games recorded and just... It's it's a very slow process, and you honestly may not hear it for a hot minute because I want to make sure we have a good amount of it to go through. Yeah, but it's I, I'm excited for it. Just again, I'm basically having people doing these small one shots, two shots in different systems mm-hmm. with this one connecting character called the Traveler, kind of basically like, hey, shit's really fucky right now. You need to do something. Or it's going to affect the whole timeline. Yeah. Um, and when I say the timeline, I mean the infinite timelines of all the universes. <laughs> and I, you don't have to believe me, but if you don't do this, it's going to cause a domino effect for something. So um, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. With any with any luck in scheduling, uh, I will be at least part of one, if not more, of yes. these uh, episodes. So um, yeah, I am super excited. I mean, I, I do remember like we were just talking about like, into the spider-verse and like making that how do we make that a thing and then uh then we talked about the dusty verse for a little bit and then (laughs) it became it became um this concept which is just so cool i think it's it's uh yeah i'm so excited to see how it all works out um it's one of those things like i definitely get you like god it'd be so nice to just have ttrpgs as our only job so we could just uh, blast this out like you know what i mean like um yeah and then it would just be done and everybody would be on schedule and we would all be great but um scheduling is the real bbeg of ttrpg so you know that's the the main it's so tough yeah um yeah and then like this whole thing spawned because like again like i asked when we called the dusty verse which is basically all of my characters for all my games including actual play games are related <laughs> somehow or another yeah um I currently, by the time, uh, I, by the time this is out, because uh, my episode for Goblins and Gays, where I start like being main cast, comes out next week. Yeah. Um, I'm playing uh, Joanna Sanchez, who is 
Um, and I talked to the GM, uh, Aubrey, and mm-hmm. she was like on board with it. It's like, because uh, they show up in the one shot initially, but now like I'm just going to play the same character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They've been literally transported from one of the fake gods here um, to from Mexico. Yeah. Like Earth, Mexico. Yeah. And they are now in this magical fantasy world uh, with slight amnesia. So like they know who they are, but they don't know like. They don't know stuff. They know the word Mexico because I have a, they have a journal with name in it and where they're from. Yeah, um, that's just it's been really fun to play. We've been recorded um, a good bit now, yeah. and so it's going to start coming out. But it's really fun to play, and it's really fun to play someone where I'm just they have this identity unique to this world, but it's the only thing that they have for themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's the only thing that they have to push forward. Yeah. And like trying to like know exactly what that means. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so fun. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's cool just to get into like the crazy, the crazy um, mixes of it all. <laughs> the The closest that I've come to that, I, I got to play uh, with Blackness and Dragons and I, and I played a character called Morgan Freeman. And um, I mostly stuck to the timeline that we were in, but then I made some references <laughs> to Morgan Freeman movies. <laughs> Uh, and he was like he was timeless like i was like he could be 50 but you know he could be much older (laughs) and he lives for another 50 years after this so who knows yeah it's so much fun i mean there's like that's such the great that's such a great thing about ttrpgs too is like that ability to just kind of make whatever you want to make um and i think now because we're in so many good spaces with so many good people having the liberty to go and be like hey this is what i want to do um because it's important to me and have that person be like yeah absolutely um Mm -hmm. such a powerful tool like i wish more people do that because i know that there's still people out there who are just like no this is unacceptable and it's like it's a game like it's a fucking game (laughs) yeah no and like that's i like and for some for some games, like I just I bring it up, it's like, hey, I have this thing. Is it okay if it's not? Then I'll make a character unique to here, and then start building a family for them after the fact. Yeah. Um, like I was uh, last year, Transplanter did shoot your one shots. Yeah. And so, like, I made a character for them for that uh, Mesca Esperanza. Yeah. Uh, but from there, like, okay, this one is they're here for Andake. But now the Esperanza is a family line that I could play with. So now I have other Esperanza characters kind of like stemming out into the multiverse. Yeah. Did Esperanza marry a Sanchez or? Um, no, no. They're <laughs> actually, Esperanza is actually just kind of like, well, as of now, it's its own family line for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's funny. There is a direct connection from the character from Goblets and Gaze to the character playing Anamamagiri. <laughs> And then there's also a direct connection from the Onomamagiri character that I play in a Lancer podcast called The Demos Paradox. Yeah. Um, direct connection. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it. Just tie it all in. Exactly. And then you have this you have this story of just like one big badass Mexican family doing shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, it's uh it's funny because like I know I notice now too more you know we're also moving away from just like your standard like everybody's doing an English accent 
you know, like even in a lot of the games that I play now, I just use kind of like just like a modern accent and maybe just change like the tone of my voice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so much fun because I think it's just it's really cool to like kind of break those those uh, Eurocentric barriers that we have, um, like that have such a foothold on the space too, which I think is really really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I think I would be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the game design stuff that you did. Um, you know, what's the what are some of the games that you've that you've created, and and like, you know, do you have any ideas that you that you want to talk about as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, as far as stuff I've created, um, I have one that's like mostly an original thing that's called mm-hmm. Memoria, mm-hmm. which is um, a game that. Uh, I came up with dealing with like time loops. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just sensing a theme here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's a game that is, I made. So it's basically you start off as a character. Um, and here's another thing. We don't know who you are. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> and so like through these, it's a, it's a game where you use tokens and a deck of cards with prompts. I was like, okay, you're going to use this and you're going to slowly figure out who you are and go through these experiences. And after you do that with uh, other players, you kind of have a story of who this person was for better or for worse. Yeah. Um, and that, that was one that I kind of just like hyper-focused and like basically wrote 90% of it on my phone while doing, <laughs> uh, and kind of put together just like, on a whim and then finish it up. And the, like the second time it was played was on stream for um, actually Utopia pride last year. Wow. Um, awesome. Just cause like, okay, let me fine tune it for this. And it's like, it's like, I already committed. It's like, yeah, we'll play it on stream. I'll run something. Yeah. Um, and then after that, the next thing I wrote, like I have two other games that are just honey heist hacks. Mm-hmm. One was for the BIPOC fam, vamp jam, which was uh, Dracula owes you money. <laughs> um, which was based off that one comic strip where Moon Knight is going on the stairs. Like, I know you're there, Dracula. Where's my fucking money? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that. And, you know, it's like a game where, like, Dracula has, like, taken something from you and you're going to get together and go take that yeah. shit back. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. And then, again, the first time that was played was on stream for yeah. the BIPOC fan cam. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Um, And then the other one, of that was Santa owes you money. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically like an owes you money series kind of. Yeah. Uh, very similar thing. I made it during the holidays just cause like, Hey, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Um, didn't like in one night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but now I'm currently doing, uh, I'm working on a game called what you're owed, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, basically like the end of this, like kind of like owes you money trilogy, yeah. but it's like on a bigger scale. Okay. Um, it's, it's because I was like one of the microgram receivers for like big bad con and the yeah. story synth stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's making for there, that one, like I have the idea down it's playbooks and it's just like, I haven't got that right level of hyper-focus to just like go out and do it. Yeah. But it's, mean. it's going to be in a similar vein where you are playing a bunch of characters who have all been wronged by, um, so-and-so by like, you know someone at the same time and you're basically going after one last mission to basically get back what you're owed and i'm doing it in where there's playbooks 
where you could either have a self-contained story or you could actually use your own other characters from previous games to kind of like, okay, you know, we, there's one character from this that we haven't resolved stuff with. We'll go ahead and do it with here. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that one for a bit, I was kind of stuck on what to do because I was going to do cards and stuff. But I had like, basically, I did a hard pivot because I realized like, I could just hack Bastion to Les Bastiones. Yeah. Because that game does a really, really cool thing where it's a PBTA, but you roll with questions. Mm-hmm. And so basically, like, for PBTA, like, or for Bastion, one of the characters, like, one of the questions is like, are you the center of attention? If you are, you add plus one. Huh. And that kind of stuff. And so yeah. I was already um, rolling, uh, like, kind of doing stuff with questions as is. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this would be much easier to just hack this game. Yeah. And go from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That sounds interesting. I mean, it's PBTA is so fun. And obviously, like, it's the system, it seems, or I don't know, that it seems like they don't like to be called a system, but we all know it as a system of PBTA, which is like the general scope. Um, But it seems like it's just been, blowing up so much like and i understandably like it's um fairly easy to get the concept of uh it's something that everybody's playing already so it's like easy to kind of get into and once you've played one you've kind of you have an idea at least of how to play all of them um which is so cool but yeah i think that's i think that's fun how so i'm not i'm i've heard of honey heist hundreds of Mm -hmm. times but like i never actually played it or looked at it how much is the system different for honey heist and you know is it a pbta also or honey heist it's um it's like a 2d6 system where um you basically you have it's like one of those games you have two stats like bear and crime basically (laughs) (laughs) and um gosh how can i forget their name it's uh I forget, I'm forgetting their name, but basically the the writer of that basically has this whole collection of like one page games. Yeah. I think is and it it's, Zach something? No. Um Grant. It is Grant Howell. Grant Grant Howitt. Howitt. Okay. Yeah, Grant Howitt. And so it's a very easy game to just kind of like jump in. You have two D6, you're ready to go, all that yeah. good stuff. Yeah. And um yeah, no, it's it's a very easy game to get into, very easy to jump in and run. That's why it's really easy to hack too. Yeah. Uh, there there's a whole genre of games that are just hacks of uh like the Howitt the Grant Howitt games. Yeah. Because there's that and Honey Heist is easy to hack. There's Crash Pandas. Um so many there's like if you just look up Grant Howitt and then Grant Howitt hacks, yeah, you'll find so many. And yeah, they're they're fun. They're, and it's just something that like it's one page. You slap it on the table. You kind of have to like if you don't get the format of one, you kind of have to squint because <laughs> yeah. it's all, like all squished into literally yeah. one page. Um, but it's fun, and that's that's why like I made those games where like you could just jump in. You could have a basic idea of a character, but also there's tables like you roll. Like for Honey Heist, you roll, you're a panda, you're good at thievery. Um, your hat is 
a chef's hat. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing really, but you have one. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's so much fun. I, it, it's, uh, uh, God, there's so many like good indie games out there. Mm-hmm. I, I am also, I like hyperfocus helps me a lot when it comes to game stuff. And I'm struggling right now because there's stuff that I really, really need to do. I finally finished one writing project this morning. Uh, well, technically last night. Um, and, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of things that I need to do before I do the thing that I really want to do the most. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And it's tough. So it's like, you know, I, Caltrop core just had a second game jam and I didn't do anything because I'm just like, I can't, like, I can't add another thing, um, that Utopia is doing their, um, hue shift oh the hue shift yeah yeah which is incredible like if if it's still going on when this comes out i can't remember when it ends you should definitely check it out folks um but again like i'm like i can't (laughs) i can't i don't have enough uh, i have too much shit i have to do yeah Um, oh the hue shift i've been meaning to do that when uh, my game's actually there moria like i submitted it to that so i'm like i really want to do that i'm like i really need to like get this (laughs) yeah get this what's your old game out yeah because there's so yeah there's so many cool things but yeah i think it's it's great i think at the very least you know it's helping so many of us just flex that game design muscle um Mm -hmm. and really just put stuff out there and get better at at doing it um and so yeah maybe one day a bunch of amazing plcs will just build a business together and make one big ass game that, you know what it. that's that's the goal right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the, the game design is something that i kind of like stumbled into um just because like i don't know i i i do really like mechanics for stuff yeah um but i was like never was like oh i want to write for this i want to write for that i was like uh, i was just like okay this doesn't make like i don't like how this works let's just tweak it and do this and i like how that works better and yeah. that kind of stuff and it's like okay there's game gents going on sure i'll write it and like oh i enjoy this yeah um but like it's for me writing is something that it doesn't come as naturally mm-hmm. so like i need those hyper focus sessions yeah. and for me like this is giving myself too much power to do this but i've been calling it the b dave walters effect because <laughs> um, nice. B. Dave Walters, uh, Aaron M. Evans, and Trevor, they do a podcast writing about dragons and shit. Yeah. Uh, where they talk about like writing and like doing all this writing. And B. Dave Walters is like, he's like, I'm notorious for getting everything done like last minute. Will I sleep? No. Um, but will I get a, a script done in four days? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and that, that's just how, that's how my brain works. Like, I try, yeah. I've been trying really hard, just like, okay. I do a little bit here, there, here, there, here, there, but it's not until like I get the exact mound of like, like brain rot for something. I just need to sit down and then it's yeah. done. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a tough trying to find that combination. So mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, I mean, hopefully you you'll be able to get that that exact right amount of brain rot and, and, <laughs> uh, and sit down and do it. I you know because I understand like the. I understand the struggle of just like, I just want to do this and I know I can. And like the struggle of just like, I'm just not in the mood right now to do this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my, 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 all my hopes are going to, are going to you. Cause I, I definitely understand that. But uh, yeah, well, I, um, I mean, I just want to say like, I've absolutely enjoyed this finally getting to like sit down and talk to you. Um, not mm-hmm. just, you know, via messaging and stuff. Um, you know, it's been so great. And I, 
I appreciate you sharing all your stories. This is this has been a lot of fun. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank, thank you for having me on. Especially like you've had some really cool people on this show. I'm like, <laughs> thank yeah, you. yo, this is rad. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is great. I really enjoyed this. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show, and if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. Thank you.